So I hate to use this example in times like this. However, in times like this, there's not a whole heck of a lot else to talk about. And what I'm referring to, of course, is the current coronavirus pandemic. And, you know, it's interesting that at this point in the semester, we focus on research and evaluating and assessing, you know, really asking what is a good source, what is a valid source. And this is, of course, very topical right now because there is a lot of different types of information out there. And, of course, some perhaps better than others. I'm sure all of you listening are familiar with the term fake news, although what actually constitutes or counts as fake news might vary from one person to the next. And that's perhaps exactly the problem, right? The fact that we can't as a collective sort of agree upon what's real or what's fake, although there are in general guidelines that I think all of us will be well served to follow in terms of trying to really honestly ask and assess, okay, you know, what is clearly trying to do something different than presenting real, honest, clear, uh, and accurate information. So there's a lot to say on this, but what I'll start with is just this idea basically that, you know, I teach college level writing. And one of the things that we talk about when we talk about the value and purpose of doing research is finding good sources and particularly going directly to the actual information itself. So moving beyond just flashy news headlines that, again, you have to understand, I think, regardless if you're a student or obviously um, just, you know, somebody who clicked on this to listen, because you maybe want to you know, try to refine what I call your bullshit meter a little bit more. Finally, you really have to go to the sources themselves beyond the flashy news headlines that, again, are essentially, it's hard to say, right? It's it's easy to look at a news source and say, well, either they're doing their job or they're not doing their job, right? They're just trying to get clicks. They're trying to get views. They're trying to put out headlines, clickbait titles, right, that are just meant to increase revenue, right? More people read, more people click, they can sell that information to advertisers, right? So it's easy to say that. And I think part of the problem is that these ideas aren't mutually exclusive, right? Like there are elements within all sorts of news organizations where they obviously do want to report on what's going on and they do want to do their due diligence in terms of bringing information to the public. But again, they're also competing with others in terms of who's going to share their information, right? When you see a flashy headline on Facebook that a bunch of other people share, well, that's good for that news organization or news outlet, as opposed to something that's a little more drab and boring. So it's a very fine line. And that's why, you know, in large part, it's, it's really helpful to start to ask for yourself, well, you know, where are they getting this information from and how thoroughly are they reporting on this information? Now, going to these studies themselves, you'll oftentimes see this in news articles, whether it's uh, an article online or in a newspaper, whatever, where they'll say new study shows, recent study shows, researchers have found out. Again, there can oftentimes, regardless of the news agency, be issues with the thoroughness of what they're actually reporting on with that information. And I'll, I'll include some links in the description below here because I think it's super valuable to get that further context as to how they can sometimes, again, it's not necessarily evil doing on their part. It's not like they're, you know, sitting there in a tower somewhere going like, he, 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 we, we shall fool the masses. I mean, maybe, maybe some of them are. 
Uh, but I think much more likely it's more these sort of financial incentives, right, to outcompete other news agencies. So again, you have to ask, well, like, where are they getting their sources from? And that's where we talk about peer-reviewed sources in college. Now, what that means is essentially that when a study or research comes out that you often see reported upon in headlines, um, it's that that research is fact-checked, essentially, by other researchers um, who read the results, the findings, the papers, the studies, um, and they you know, basically do a peer review of it where they really assess, is this accurate? Are there maybe biases, right? Maybe the, the samples are too small or there's, you know, again, some sort of imbalance that is showing that these results might not actually be representative of what conclusions the researchers are drawing. And this process takes time, and that's sort of one of the real issues right now. And I'm, I'm glad to see that in general, um, I think a lot of news sources are kind of making this clear, relatively speaking at least, that with the coronavirus pandemic currently happening right now, I mean, this is crazy uh, as of recording this at this moment. I have to keep refreshing my news feed to see what new information is coming out about this. But anyways, I'm going to put this episode out today too. So the release date of this episode is as I'm recording it, basically. This is pretty much live, as close to a live podcast as I'll do. But anyways, um, the problem with peer review is that it takes quite some time, months if not sometimes years. And you're sort of seeing that in some of the reports now where they're saying, oh yeah, you know, vaccines and, and, and what we actually know about what this virus um, does in terms of how it spreads and how to prevent it. Again, we have some ideas, but there's no clear consensus yet. And that con- type of consensus requires so much information, so much research across the board from country to country. Um, it, again, there's results coming out, but they, they're oftentimes contradicting each other. And that's why you're seeing such confusing information, because there's a lot of researchers doing good work. And this is the danger if you just sort of see conflicting results or studies or the headlines, the news headlines of this information, and you sort of look at that and you say, oh, well, you know, they said, first they said that only old people get this virus. Now they're saying, oh, all these young people are getting it. They don't know what the hell's going on. Well, it, you know, it's not as if that's one group of people, right? This is a bunch of different types of research and, and different types of researchers with very different situations looking at lots of information coming in very quickly. So again, the the consensus on, on what something like this actually is and how it works and what to do about it can take time, obviously. And this is why it's important to really ask like, well, what are they saying that this research or these studies shows um, versus what, again, if you go to that source itself. And this is one of the things I, I, I tell my students oftentimes, you know, news headlines are a great place to start in terms of conducting your research. Um, but again, if you look at, the, and they'll link right in their articles, and if you look at what they link and click on it, you might actually oftentimes kind of be shocked by what the um, the actual research says versus what the news outlets sometimes present. And again, oftentimes they do a good job being honest with the limitations of the research coming out, especially something like this that's so current and so changing so quickly. But you really do have to do your due diligence. And, you know, again, this is why, yeah, some study might say that, oh, yeah, look at this research. It showed that, you know, these types of people were having 
you know, these types of uh, reactions to a virus like this. But it turns out if you actually click on the study and you read it, well, it was only done a study conducted of people 65 years or older or people only with pre-existing conditions. And it's like, okay, well, those seem like important factors if you're going to then draw a broader conclusion about how something like this, a virus like this works, right? So again, that might be a puzzle piece as part of the the whole developing picture of a situation like this, but we kind of have to take it on a case-by-case basis and ask exactly that. How does it work as part of the whole? And so I think this is a great example for those reasons for uh, my students in terms of conducting research in general. Um, You kind of have to do the same thing with pretty much any topic in order to really come to a firmer conclusion about okay, what does the consensus actually say? And if the consensus isn't clear, and it often isn't, well, that's something that you can write about. That's something that you can talk about. That's something that's worth pointing out and analyzing. So in terms of really trying to fine-tune, again, what I call your BS radar, um, you, you really want to start to ask these questions about like, what is this source that you're finding actually up to? And is there a better, more original, less biased source that you can go to, right? Like the original study or research itself. And so I think this is a really helpful tool for all of us. Again, whether you're listening to this as a college student or you're just a student of the world, right? Trying to get through and trying to figure out what the heck's going on with all this different type of information out there, right? And so one of the things that I'll also link in the description that I think is very helpful is something that my students, if you're listening, uh, you're probably working on right now, which is a valid sources worksheet. And it's a nice little worksheet. Again, a couple things I'll say about this. I would take a look regardless if you're a student or not, because I think it's super helpful in terms of identifying what are the elements of bias that might arise in a source, and then how to actually value or judge those biases, because some might not be as applicable as others in certain situations. So what I mean by that is essentially this worksheet, if you if you click on the link, you'll see it goes through some of the more common factors that may influence whether or not we should believe a source and to what degree we should really look at a source with a, a skeptic eye sort of. So it asks questions along those lines, and it awards points uh, as per the answers to those questions. And the higher the points, uh, the the likely more credible that source will be. And again, some of these are more correlative than causative, right? So the first question, for example, asks, as when you look at a source, what type of source is it? Well, if it's a book, we give that five points. If it's a scholarly article, we similarly give it four points. And as you go down, you can say, is it a newspaper article, three points, magazine article, two points, a website, one point, or other, no points. Now, again, any of those types of sources might be fantastic. However, there is often a correlation between those types of sources and how actually credible they are. And in the example of a book having the most points here, well, books usually go through a a pretty rigorous review process, right? You think about how many people you know have published a book, probably pretty few, right? And that's because there's a lot of checks and sort of guidelines that you have to go through in order to accomplish putting out information through that medium. Whereas a website, hey, I can make a website today called ProfessorLabsKnowsEverything.com and blog all I want about everything I want to say about how to prevent coronavirus, right? 
doesn't mean I know what I'm talking about, but again, I could also be a doctor. Maybe I do have good insight. So me having a website isn't necessarily, doesn't invalidate myself as a credible source. But again, it's there's so many instances where that is the case. So you would have to look at the source. You would have to look at those factors and really ask like, oh yeah, is this applicable to me judging whether or not this is a credible source? So going through the sheet, I won't go through the, the entire sheet, but there's other questions along those lines, such as when was the source written? Well, the more recent the source, that can mean that it's more credible. But again, if it's so recent, if it came out today, it might have some of these other issues of biases or incomplete information, right? And if a source similarly is older, you know, say 10, 15 years older, well, that information might just be outdated. So you have to then identify that as a potential factor for how much we value whether or not we should trust the source. And then should we try to find another source that does a better job in this category? So really important question to ask. And again, in some cases, that is a more important factor in determining whether your source is credible or not, as opposed to others. And again, you know, just continuing through some of the other common categories I ask you to assess looking at a source are the author of this source that you're looking at. Again, in cases of news articles, maybe sometimes these people have relevant credentials. But if you do some background research, look up these people that you're reading about. If it turns out it's just an opinion article for a, a newspaper and this person only writes, right, they have a clear political bias, right? They only write articles that have this one viewpoint. Well, should we really trust that they're not skewing information to fit that viewpoint, you, you have to do a little bit of investigating sometimes to determine that. And again, that's not necessarily a bad thing to do. In fact, that's a great thing to do. That's absolutely what you should be doing. Doesn't invalidate them entirely, but it can certainly be a factor in determining, again, should we try to find a, a more reputable source, right? Because sometimes you can sort of get tricked. You know, I, I use the example of a few semesters ago, I had a student who had this source, I forget what it was, but uh, it had some great research in terms of, you know, really fancy looking statistics and numbers and data. And I said, that's interesting, but it seems pretty conclusive one way. Um, and I said, well, let me look up the author. Like, who is this guy? You know, writing this article for this, this newspaper, this online newspaper. And I looked him up and I found his LinkedIn profile. And from there, I saw on his LinkedIn profile that he was, again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know his exact title, but it, basically he was employed by the, the Petroleum Institute of America or some organization like that. Oh, lo and behold, all his articles talk about how great petroleum is, how it's so much better than all these other alternatives. Again, could this be true? Perhaps, but now we have to look at that, 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 that author and that source with that sort of skepticism and really, again, sort of fact check that with other information and try to see and try to answer this question of, you know, is this somebody who's presenting information in a unbiased and credible way? And if not, again, maybe we can use him as a counter argument and point out these flaws, right? If you're trying to make an argument, it's not as if to say assessing a source and determining it to be biased and not trustworthy means that you should just delete it. In fact, Maybe if that voice is representative of a much larger viewpoint in that field or, um, you know, as per that topic, well, this is something that you can talk about in saying, well, you know, there's a, a large contingent of the population who, 
you know, may believe this as per this, you know, very popular writer, this mainstream writer who says these things. Well, here are the issues with what he says and what other information he's not taking into account, maybe what information might be actually inaccurate or how he might just be presenting this information without acknowledging, again, this the other viewpoint or, again, other factors or elements of research that would lead you to a more comprehensive whole picture, which in turn is then what you are doing as a researcher and in academics uh, as, as, a, as a writer, but as an individual just trying to figure things out, you can do this as well. There's no reason why you're just looking up news articles and finding information why you can't do this too. So it's a really great tool to, I think, sort of just kind of broaden your awareness and broaden your perspective of the fact that, you know, you don't have to go to the next level of deep in-depth conspiracies like i was saying earlier you know the the news people in the in the in the giant you know tower who are you know mr burns types right like they're maniacally laughing and plotting their <laughs> their next whatever biased articles right um it's not that explicit oftentimes it's just sort of you know there's a lot of interests out there in terms of motivations that individuals have and convergent interests, which are collections of these types of people who, again, have a, a larger goal in mind. And oftentimes it's, you know, just being successful, being profitable, um, you know, controlling part of a narrative uh, for better and, of course, for worse. Um, so I, I think that's important to know, right? It's, it's not as if always that people are purposefully just lying or putting out false information. Again, this is a whole other issue when you get into like fake news as, uh, I, I, that's a whole other topic for another podcast, but you know, like uh, actual fake news that's meant to deceive, that's is a thing. Um, but that's, you know, again, something worth certainly identifying and, and pointing out. But, um, you know, again, that that's a different motivation than just kind of the more uh, capitalist mindset of like, okay, we're just, you know, trying to have flashy headlines or promote our own uh, company's interest or organization's interest as opposed to like larger, you know, country information wars or something like that. But that might be an episode for another day. Um, so yeah, the valid sources worksheet, I would check out regardless if you're a student or not. I think it's really helpful and it's really interesting because, again, some of these questions that you'll see on this worksheet, um, they, again, may or may not apply to the specific source you're, you're assessing. You really have to look at all of these answers in context with each other, right? You know, again, for example, the, the question I pointed out earlier about how old is the source? Well, again, if the source is too new, it might not have had time to be validated, or again, it might just be missing further information and context to make it sort of a more comprehensive and more um, complete source that we can just sort of rely on as offering a definitive answer to a topic or a question or something like that, right? In other cases, these older sources, maybe they're important for context because we want to point out, yeah, the consensus was 15 years ago, that this, 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 and that, right? As per this source, you can see published in 2005 or something like that, right? So these sources, despite how they score on a worksheet, they might have a purpose and a place in your uh, in your research and in your assessment of like, what is the development of this topic and how do we sort of come to a larger consensus? So I think it's really interesting to think about in that way. And you see even my score at the end, I have like, it's not as if 
oh, each number that whatever total number you add up to, it's like, oh, you get to a point and it's automatically a credible source. It's like, no, there are sort of uh, tiers more so. And you want to get into the higher tiers as you can if you're going to rely on this source to say, yes, this is something that is worth believing and that I trust. But that's even then by no way definitive. Any one of these factors could pretty much invalidate a source in some cases and not so much in others. So it's good to sort of test and sort of try and, and see what you come up with and really ask like, oh, do I agree with the score and why or why not? And again, this <laughs> requires a little bit of time, certainly requires thinking, but I think we're better off doing that uh, in, in the long run, certainly. So um, yeah, again, the idea here is to, to refine your BS radar, as I like to say. Um, and I think if you can do that, it, it, it certainly helps moving forward. You know, again, the, the, the situation that we're in now with the, the current coronavirus pandemic, I, I think it's gotten a little bit better. Uh, people seem to finally be settling into this mindset of, okay, maybe we should be a little more patient, take a little bit more time before just jumping to conclusions, but also, you know, trusting who you should trust, like identifying who you should actually trust. The CDC, for example, the Center for Disease Control, you should probably trust what they have to say, not, you know, the BuzzFeed article that your aunt shared on Facebook, right? Again, maybe that's a great BuzzFeed article, but now's really not the time to sort of rely on what just kind of flashes, <laughs> you know, before us. We, we You really do want to take the time maybe to do this work, especially if you have the time. I, I know... Uh, pretty much all students at this point um, are, are doing classes remotely online. A lot of people aren't working right now, unfortunately. Uh, but again, if you go to the sources that explain why we're sort of doing these uh, self-imposed quarantines that we are, it's for, uh, it's, it's certainly for the, the, the better good. So you, you have to figure out like who's worth trusting and always ask, like, don't just find a source and say, oh, yeah, you know, it looked like they they really were unbiased and they really nailed things down. They got it right. I'm going to trust this source forever in perpetuity, right? Uh, you constantly want to be asking, right? Because there are sources that I've followed, uh, news sources that I followed where I trusted them for many years and at this point, not so much. And I kind of know what, to tr what type of information to trust from them or not trust from them sort of go elsewhere to get a fuller picture of because I know that they are going to be inherently biased in certain ways. So I think you always want to continue to ask and refine, uh, you know, never sort of just assume that you can trust everything 100%. Um, and I, I think, again, it's, it's just a constant development that it makes you a better researcher and it, it get, does help you yourself uh, as you know, just a consumer of information, get the fuller picture. So anyways, that's really all I wanted to say about evaluating sources for now. I think this is some just good general advice. And again, the worksheet is fantastic if you take a look at that. So I'll link that in the description below. I would love to know what you think about that worksheet, uh, especially like putting certain sources through, uh, putting it to the test by asking those questions about sources. So if you have thoughts or comments, please do share them. You can comment on our main site at professorlabs.podbean.com, or you can tweet at us too. You can tweet me directly at Joe T Labs. And again, any comments, questions, ideas that you might have, please let me know. Please share with anybody else who you think might find this interesting or might have questions as well or thoughts. And um, yeah, 
uh, I'd love to know what you have to have to say about all that. So thank you guys. As always, uh, we'll be back probably pretty soon <laughs> now that we're remote with our teaching. Um, I'm doing trying to do a lot more in terms of these types of lectures. We're going to have some interviews coming up with other professionals. Should be really interesting. So uh, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, thanks again for listening. Everybody, please be well, be safe out there. Again, look to <laughs> figure out the authorities you can trust, like the CDC, and, and listen to the advice that, that they have to say. Um, and just be safe again, be well. And uh, I hope to speak with you all of you guys uh, again very soon. So until next time, keep assessing your sources. And as always, keep learning. Thanks again. Take care. Be well.